right, today we have Liaren Connelly, and she is from the Cancer Center for Healing. She has this incredible book called The Cancer Revolution, and I have been begging her to come on this podcast for months now, so it is such an honor to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here, Kimberly. <clears throat> Thank you for coming, and we're missing Peggy because Peggy's traveling, but we were going to take any date that we could get you, so I'm so glad you're here. Can you explain to us a little bit about your personal story and how you got here to be um, one of the pioneers of cancer? Well, it all started, I was born in the 50s. I'm number three of six children. Mm. And my mother started bleeding. And she went to her doctor and her doctor said, oh, we have a medication that will stop the bleeding and prevent the miscarriage. So she took that medication had me, and then 14 years later, my parents received a letter that the drug called diethylstobesterol, D-E-S, those offspring, the males and females of those uh, mothers who took D-E-S had higher risk of cancer, hormone problems, infertility problems, and anatomical problems. Wow. So I was living in Houston, Texas at the time. And so they said, we need to go to a cancer institution. I went to MD Anderson to begin testing because those children had increased risk. So they started doing pep smears and, and biopsies and colposcopies, all different things. And so, and then I, the other thing that happened is I never had two periods in a row in, a li- in my life. And so I had to devour hormones um, and then my most recent encounter was four years ago. I flew to Germany to have 18 hours of back surgery because scoliosis was one of the other complications. So I've always been mm. interested in prevention and early detection. Um, I went to medical school after medical school training. Then I went to UT School of Public Health um, to learn about public health measures. And then my thesis was on DES. So my whole journey has been, you know, science and medicine. And fortunately, I grew up pretty naturally utilizing like all the things you hear about today is, you know, sauerkraut and, you know, liver eating liver and bone marrow and all these things that are very in today. You know, that's the way I grew up. So fortunately, I had a good foundation of, you know, cereal was not an option in our house. Yeah. Fast food was not an option in our house. And so um, so I started out actually interesting in Beverly Hills 37 years ago. I thought, what am I really good at that I can get patients quickly? And I said, okay, I can specialize in weight loss in metabolic disorders of weight. So that's what I did. And then, of course, that has grown to where I am today because I developed the Center for New Medicine, which was human optimization in all chronic diseases, diabetes, autoimmune, mold, hypertension, didn't matter what. And then about 17 years ago, I had a doctor who was an oncologist who was a very good friend of mine. And he's really, really great oncologist. And I said, would you be interested in launching a integrative oncology division in my clinic. So he said, sure, of course. So I took him down to Mexico 
and we went to go visit Oasis of Hope. Oasis of Hope started over 50 years ago in the integrative treatment of cancer. And so Dr. Contreras is a good friend of mine, and he said, oh, I want to open up with you in the United States. We're in Mexico, but I want to be in the United States. And so we launched with an oncologist and myself, and the foundation of the integrative oncology in um, Mexico. And then we started seeing patients one at a time. And so we combined the best of conventional medicine, which is, you know, what we have today, but we combined it with the new updated treatments that, you know, exist, whether it's IV vitamin C, IV artisanate, fractionated chemo, which is lower doses of chemo. We do lots of energetic treatments because a cancer patient, usually their energy or their voltage is very low. And so um, so that's where we are today. What are the energetic treatments that you do? Well, um, one of the things that we do is PMF, pulsed electromagnetic mm-hmm. field. There's over a thousand PubMed studies mm-hmm. um, and from every you know condition uh, to treat. So all of our patients will receive that with their IV therapies. And the reason is that it increases the uptake of whatever we're giving to the cell when we do PMF. We do something called the biocharger, which- ah, We have one. Oh, great. <laughs> Those so are you, really powerful yeah, machines. Yeah, so they incorporate frequencies, light, and PMF also. Mm-hmm. Um, we do something called the F-Scan. So the F-Scan is a device from Switzerland. And so you, you'll put a, a, a measurement device on your finger and you'll see what- what frequencies of bugs you may have, parasites or candida. Then we create with photonic light, we use the frequencies that we find to uh, apply them to the body, mostly the abdomen over 10 minutes to help destroy the parasites. Amazing. And I hear so much um, in the periphery about how parasites can really be a cause of cancer. Right. Now, you have a phenomenal section, I bookmarked it, on what causes cancer. Right. And I think that this sense, let's start with the statistic. Well, What's the statistic for cancer? Okay, so the top three causes of death are first, heart disease, and second, cancer. And the third is the medical system. Mm. And so cancer now um, is one in two people expected to grow in the next five years about 30%. Wow. And nobody's talking about prevention and early detection. Yeah. And we should be, all of us, because we now know the statistics. And so we should all be looking at the patient. Do they have heart disease? Do they have cancer? And that's what we do in our clinic is because we treat the whole person, you know, your whole system as an entire biological system. And so um, even though you may come in for cancer, we also make sure you don't have heart disease, right? Because everything is interlinked. And so, um, but our medical system today is a reactive process. It's not preventive, proactive, precise, and personalized at all. 
It's, it's not. And like you, I share a story in having a reaction to a medicine. When I was one years old, I, I had a very strong reaction to a medicine the doctor gave me and had a seizure, skipping my brainwave. And I had to stay on brain medicine for four years. Oh, so wow. I'm very passionate too about individualized care um, and prevention. Mm-hmm. I think prevention is really big. Now, because the statistic is currently one in two people, I think it's really important that everybody take a look at this book because I have done an enormous amount of research on cancer. We had, the reason I know about you, for example, is I like to communicate with earth and the plants and there was mistletoe on the trees out here that was starting to talk to me. And I just felt like it was actually communicating with me. And Daniel was actually living here at the time and harvested some and um, made some beautiful tinctures and medicine with it. I know that typically it's it's made in Germany and in different areas of Europe, but that's when I got on Instagram live and I said, who knows what about mistletoe because this plant keeps talking to me. And I had multiple people direct me to you wow. and then multiple stories of how people visited your healing institute and uh, healed themselves from cancer. So I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. And and that's how I know about you. Mm. Um, but, you know, with such an astounding statistic, you can be somebody very interested in health and very well researched and still not have any idea that you have cancer growing in you. And this cancer typically takes, what, 8 to 12 years to grow? Right. About I tell people from one cancer cell to tumor is about 10 years. Yeah. So that means we have nine years of opportunity to prevent cancer. Because yeah. people think, you know, you don't wake up and have heart disease. You don't wake up and have diabetes. You don't wake up and have any illness. It's usually over time. And so this is the tragic thing in medicine today yeah. is we see so much suffering and so much harm and danger. And we could all like we're our our job is to create this incredible um you know human, right? We're a miracle. And like you were saying earlier, we only get one body. Mm. And I always tell all the patients, like you're privileged to live in the miracle, mm. but we have to steward the miracle, and but we and we know, have to know how to steward the miracle. And there's so much information out there, and I think people get an information overload, and are like, "Well, who do I listen to?" But yeah. there are some basic rules and laws of Mother Nature that we need to follow. There is the natural law, right? And so, um, and we've gotten away from the natural law of being. And we we really all need to get back to nature. A lot of, you know, there's books on how civilization is killing us, right? Yeah. And so, um, but the but the but the thing is, is is we are not esteeming health as our number one value. If you don't have health, you have literally nothing. You don't have your body. Yes. I mean that's possible. Yes, you don't have. Yeah, and so I, I, um, I am just um, passionate because we you know when you're a mother and a grandmother, you're kind of like you want to 
really, you don't want anything terrible to happen to them, right? You yeah. want them to have the best life ever. Yeah. And that's what I wish for every single person because every day I have the privilege of seeing patients from all over the world and so much could have been prevented in most patients. And they need to, everyone needs to know how to take care of themselves because self-care is the new health care. Self-care is the new health care. I love that. Right. So if we all learn the measures of how to take care of ourselves daily, we will prevent, you know, needing to go to the doctor or hospital. Hospitals should be reserved for an emergency. If you fall off a ladder, you get in a car accident, you have an accident, break your leg or something like that. And so emergency rooms today are used for primary care, unfortunately, or things as a result because you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. And- you know, there's not a medicine for everything. Yeah. Look at it. Is there a medicine for autism? No. Is there a medicine for dementia? No. Is there a really good medicine for autoimmune? No. Is there a medicine for fatty liver? No. So we're seeing that, you know, medicine can be utilized when it's an emergency and when maybe you have a genetic predisposition or let's say, you know, if you come in with a blood pressure of 200 over 120, then you say, okay, we're going to use this medicine, but why is this happening? And unravel the process. Now, when people, unfortunately, when a lot of the patients, because I have so many in the last, I would say, three to five years, there's been a dramatic increase in young people with cancer. Yeah. And I used to tell patients, you have a warranty until you're 40. But now I can't say that mm -hmm. because young people are getting diseases of 65 and 70-year-olds. And so cancer was a disease of older people. And so now, and there's no preventive guidelines for young people, right? There's, for a 30-year-old, she gets a pap smear. That's it, okay? And now we know that the conventional pap smear and colonoscopy, that doesn't really prevent cancer. What if you have pancreatic cancer? right? Yeah. What if you have other kind of cancers that don't have a blood test or screening with it? And they've really proven that the screening doesn't really save and prevent lives. So we all together have to focus, first of all, on the health of this country. Because without health, we're all affected, all of us. And I always tell people we're indirectly and and directly related to every man on earth. Yes, we are. I really believe that deeply, and even the earth right. itself. Mm -hmm. For me, I always envision healthcare as a spiritual thing, a physical body thing, and an emotional, mental patterning thing. And you really got to tackle all of them. Um, what do you view as healthcare? Just like that. Self-care. Yes. Self-care so in all it's, three it's areas. It's a spiritual, because we are a spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And then emotional, because, you know, you become what you think about most of the time. And emotion is a real thing. And we know that from in utero to seven years of age, if you've had trauma and drama, we know that you're going to have, most likely will have something serious because of the effects of that yeah. during your childhood. 
from the trauma, that gets into the German new medicine space. Yes, yes. Where, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, the German new medicine, I don't think, do you want to explain that to people? Yeah, so there was Dr. Hammer. Um, he was an oncologist himself. And he um, was practicing conventional oncology in Germany. And he was diagnosed with testicular cancer at the age of 50, which is very unusual to be diagnosed with testicular cancer at that age. It's mostly a young boy's disease, yeah. young man's disease. So then he said, okay, gosh, why do I have cancer? So he started asking all of his patients. He went around and asked them, so why do you think you have cancer? And they all related it to a traumatic, shocking experience. And for Dr. Hammer, his son was tragically killed. And so it was something that, you know, very difficult, obviously, for any parent. And so then he started doing CAT scans on patients' heads. And he could see there's something called the homunculus in our brain. And the homunculus is like a body like this in the brain. And he could tell you where there was a flare on the CT scan mm. and say, oh, you have this. Yeah. And then what he did is he talked patients out of their cancer. And he had about a 93% success rate. He talked them out of their, of their cancer, cancer yes. at 93% percent success, rate. success So he was prosecuted by the German government, went to jail, and then, of course, during trial, presented the, his findings, and then he was exonerated. And anyway, um, but his teachings are alive today. And if you look up uh, the new the German... New German rules of medicine. It's amazing. I mean, absolutely. I think he should have got a Nobel Prize. Yeah. For you, you can look up whatever symptom you're really having yes. and figure out what that represents and you can feel into it. And it's just, wow, astounding. Yeah. It is. And these are the things that are secrets of health. Yeah. You know, if you go on the Google internet, you're not going to find everything. Yeah. Because... Um, you're just not going to, especially in this day and time. And I've traveled the world over to whether I went to Greece because I talk about RGCC, which is the laboratory in Greece that started, you know, about 20 years ago. Mm. And I went there because there was going to be an, a, a, a collaboration of doctors from all over the world, Japan and Vienna, India, all over. So you you learn what other cultures. I always tell people, United States only five percent of the population. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most of the world is treated naturally, believe it or not. Yeah, we okay. have a one, two, three punch here. It's chemo. It's usually surgery, chemo, radiation is the one, two, three punch. Right. Um, and that test that you're talking about is where they take a sample of the blood, of, of the blood and they test specifically what would work on your body with that sample of the blood, blood, different things like turmeric and yes. yeah. And specific to you, what works. Exactly. And you know, the definition of remission and cure for cancer patients is a circulating tumor cell of zero to one. Well, we don't even check circulating tumor cells in the United States yet today, even though there's five articles a day in PubMed literature on circulating tumor cells. 
well, what are circulating tumor cells? Yeah. They're responsible for 95% of metastasis, the cancer traveling to another new home, nest, or destination. And so, um, so we should, when a patient comes in, like we do that on every single patient that comes in. Exactly. And then for prevention, I will order a liquid biopsy. Mm. And so the liquid biopsy, it's called Oncotrace, and it will tell me the cancer it most likely is, okay? And so then you as a practitioner doctor need to now sort out the foundation because as we were talking about earlier, cancer just doesn't happen. It's the perfect storm of acidity, Mm -hmm. sugar, inflammation, low oxygen, bugs, chemicals, stress, all of these things. Well, I, I, I must say there are some doctors, yourself included, that are so passionate in the actual prevention and healing. And then if you're in this situation where, and German New Medicine would say the tumor itself even is a part of the healing process, but whatever part of the healing process that you're in, that you get holistic care around it. And, um, I have so many people in my life that are just like, you know, follow the science, do what works, you know, but whatever health concern in life. And I just think that's a pretty narrow-minded definition because they're typically referring to do what we're told to do in the United States. But once you start unraveling the medical threads around the world, it's very different. For example, in France, first thing, if you have cancer, you're told to eat differently. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not very many people telling you to eat differently here. No, that's a chronic complaint that all of my patients have <clears throat> is they ask the doctor, so what kind of eating should I be doing? Oh, you can eat whatever you want. You can have, you know, ice cream. You can have, it doesn't matter. Just eat whatever you want. But isn't it the truth that if you continue living life the same way that you were before. It's like the Einstein quote. Why would you expect anything to be any different, right? So as far as spiritually, our emotional, mental patterns and our physical body, how can we expect a different result if we're not doing things differently and we're only tackling the physical body part with that one, two, three punch? And that one, two, three punch works for some people. Well, it may be necessary for the situation, okay? So we are... In our, in our clinic, you know, it's not like we can do everything natural. Okay? Yeah. We are, or holistically or whatever word you want to use. Now, I have patients come in actually thinking, oh, we can fix this, you know, all naturally. Well, sometimes we can. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we can. Um, but we don't want to put anybody in danger either. Yeah. So sometimes surgery is necessary because... You want to get rid of the lump because the lump is sending out abnormal messages to your body and suppressing your immune system and all these growth factors. So you want to get rid of the lump or bump, okay? Yeah. And then if people have cancer that's traveled out of its original destination, Mm. and let's take, for example, breast cancer. So let's say you have a lump. Yeah. Well, then we want to make sure it's not in the underarm lymph nodes, right? Well, let's say it is. Well, that means we've got to shrink it Mm -hmm. to that little lump so that surgery is attainable. So so we have to do either conventional chemotherapy 
are what we do is called fractionated chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so, which is the low dose chemo with insulin that's been around for about 70. That's called I- IPT. IPT. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We call it fractionated chemo <clears throat> in our, in our clinic. And, and so we know that cancer cells have more receptor sites for sugar. Mm. So we use insulin to prime the cancer cell. And so then we bring the blood sugar down to what we call the therapeutic moment, which is a low blood sugar for about 40, give or take. Okay. And then we, then we give the intravenous administration of chemotherapy. Yeah. But we also, with that, we give natural things to protect your cells from the chemotherapy. Such as? Such as we give Nukes Vomica because people, it's a homeopathic. Mm-hmm. The, we will use coenzyme Q10. Um, we will use um, uh, nutrients that energize, homeopathics that will energize the cell, yeah. right? And then after we give chemotherapy, we use light intravenously, yeah. five different wavelengths of light. And with curcumin, curcumin is a substance that's very, it's made from turmeric, right? Mm -hmm. And that is very anti-cancer, but also protective for the cell. Mm. So, I mean, turmeric has many, many, many phenomenal features, right? Beautiful anti-inflammatory. Yes, exactly. So, So the way that we do it is we're constantly protecting and supporting and energizing the patient. When I say energizing, not energizing to go run a marathon. We're worried about the energy of the cell. If your cell does not have voltage or energy, it can't take care of you, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have a device called the Meridian Energy Assessment Device that actually assesses the voltage of your body. And voltage is energy. So for example, if your thyroid is low... Yeah. Especially T3, free T3, then you won't have voltage. Well, the doctors don't even check T4, T3, and TSH in a cancer patient. Well, I'm like, this is basic. And then when you're giving medications, like for example, a lot of the immunotherapy drugs cause low thyroids. So we have to, we need to be treating the whole person. The whole patient. So the immunotherapy drugs can affect the thyroid, they can have a negative, difficult impact on the thyroid. Right. Well, not only on the thyroid, on many, many things. Many parts of the things. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that how you do it holistically and individually as you assess where the patient is at and then come up with a unique plan? Right. Because you're different than every, every individual is an original. Yeah. Right. So I can't have this one size fits all. Yeah. Are there some commonalities in humans? Like we have eyes and a nose and lips and arms and legs, yes. But the treatment for a patient, like one patient may have high sugar. Well, we know that insulin resistance increases your risk for cancer. Diabetes increases your risk for cancer. So why aren't we treating patients like that, right? Yeah. So in fact, one of the repurposed drugs for fighting cancer is metformin, which brings down your sugar level. The natural version of metformin is called berberine. So we there's about 310 drugs oh, that know. starve cancer. Yeah. So one of them is metformin, and the natural version of metformin is berberine. So, but like for example, inflammation's the precursor to all diseases. 
Now, that was on the cover of Time and Newsweek 12 years ago. But doctors do not order C-reactive protein. They don't order hemoglobin A1C. They don't order vitamin D. They don't order basic foundational like thyroid. They don't check thyroid. The typical blood done by an oncologist is a chemistry panel, which looks at your electrolytes, kidney, and liver, and a CBC, which yeah. checks your white count, hemoglobin, hematocrit, and all of your blood indices, all right? And then everybody gets stuck on cholesterol, which your body needs, okay? Um, but cholesterol is not causing a contributor factor to cancer. So, yeah. in fact, if you have low cholesterol, you'll be higher risk for cancer, okay? So oh, really? Yeah, so we don't, and lots of other diseases, if your cholesterol is really low. So, because cholesterol, what does it do? It's the precursor to all your hormones. Well, hormones are the natural drugs to your body. In fact, a low DHEA sulfate, which is made by your adrenal gland, which is your hormone of stress, immune, and longevity, the lower that is, the higher risk of cancer. So these are basic things that are known, okay? Yeah. You say that they're, you know, that, um, you know, the doctors, I mean, patients are following the science and the doctors are following the science. Well, no, that's not true because we know that pre-diabetics and diabetics are higher risk of cancer. So why aren't they checking the hemoglobin A1C? Why yeah. aren't they checking the C-reactive protein? There's articles on candida and cancer, parasites and cancer, viruses and cancer. For example, head and neck cancers, 50% or more are related to HPV. Rectal cancer, for wow. example, oh, oh, many of them have HPV 16. So we have to be dealing with viruses because viruses, Epstein-Barr, for example, is a contributor to cancer. That is all in the scientific publications, okay? Because if you don't take care of the virus, the cancer comes back. Right, right? because, exactly. So we have to be... When you're looking at a patient, like I said, you're, you're 50 to 100 trillion cells of a miracle. Yeah. Okay. You, and it's not just you, it's you and the world around you, correct? And it's everything that you think, you eat, you move, you drink, you put on your skin, everything. We've got to take in every single thing into consideration, like, for example, stress and cancer has been written in the literature for hundreds of years. But how many doctors ask their patients, ask, tell me what happened about 10 years ago? Every patient will tell you what happened to them during that time. They will, I know, because that is part of our intake, is what has been your stress for the last 10 years? And patients, no one ever says, oh, I've never had anything. Okay. And that no one's ever had time to even reflect on that. Mm. Okay. And so because it's not part of the medical intake, mm. but how can the emotional health not be a part of the human system? Because it is part of your everyday thinking. Think about it. You have 25,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. That. Their cells are listening to your thoughts 24-7. I might have more thoughts than that. Okay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 it's, it's very... Um, 
Your thoughts are the mother of yourselves. Yes, exactly. And so, so we need to be addressing every single facet of that patient when they can't come in. And of course, I always tell every patient, I can't rebuild Rome in a day, okay? Yeah. If people have a small cancer, it takes about a year. If they have stage four, it takes about two years to remodel. I always tell, give people the analogy of remodeling a home. I go, have you ever remodeled anything? It's never easy, quick, fast, and it's yeah. never on time. Yeah. Okay. So remodeling this, I go, you can't go get a new body on Amazon. So you got to learn how to steward and regard and take care of the only body that you have. You got to steward it. Yes. And so. Well, I want to draw attention to that earmarked page I had because that was what causes cancer. Now, it's not in here, but it's, we've discussed it, is thought patterns, right? Or traumatic events like German New Medicine. But I think this is equally important to look at because we have environmental toxins here. We have the usual suspects, which you've listed as tobacco and smoking, mercury, toxicity, um, sunlight. And I believe that if we eat a particular way, though, the sunlight doesn't do the same kind of damage. Right. Well, you need sunlight. That's why it's, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, some yeah. some places longer, right? So we do, we have a deficiency of sunlight, okay? Yeah. And so, but if, if you get too much sunlight, yeah. okay, like you and I are both fair. Yeah. So, you know, we have to get sunlight without sunscreen for at least an hour. And then after that, you may be even more because you're fair. Yeah. But uh, I would say kind of the benchmark is about an hour. Yeah. And um, and I'm not a big fan of lathering sunscreen because most of the sunscreen is toxic. toxic. <laughs> and so, and every, what you have to do is yeah. you've got to do a forensic deep dive analysis of everything that you do. Okay. Yeah. Everything, like I said, everything you put in your mind, right? Yeah. Everything that you put on your body, everything you drink, everything you eat, we need to be mindful. The water, for example, has pharma water. Yeah. It's all loaded with pharmaceutical drugs. Fluoride, all it's the all things, drugs, toxins, heavy metals, control. parasites, birth control, everything. I mean, hundreds. There was an article in, um, oh, what was that? Some off-the-wall magazine, that uh, popular popular, what is it called? Popular science, popular science. And I was like, oh my God, they had a whole article on pharma water. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Okay. But don't think your water is okay. You cannot drink water at all from, you have to have some kind of purification system. Yeah. Some kind. It it may not be the whole house system, but you've got to think about the water that you drink every day. We had our water tested here and were called back and told not to even shower in it. Oh my goodness, because what did it have in it? Everything. Everything. So Everything. that it was it was bad. Yeah, and you live out in pristine, yeah. beautiful nature. So we had to, this was a couple years ago and so we had to go through and get everything rechecked. We we were starting to have rashes on our skin oh, and wow. different things. I think it's really important that people test their water. Yeah, that's what we do. We tell yeah, patients. To you have to test them. your water. Right. And um like heavy metals or another toxin. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There's mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic. So and and 
gadolinium from MRI scans, plutonium, uranium. I mean, we do that on every patient. And what we're seeing is everyone has heavy metals in their body. Everyone. Okay. The EPA says there's no safe level of any heavy metal. Why are those so important in cancer? Because they're DNA toxic to Mm. the cell. They interrupt with so many functions of the cell. Well, how many doctors are checking for heavy metal? And they're in everywhere. Like they did a study on baby food, organic and non-organic, and all specimens had every heavy metal. Including the organic baby food pouches, guys. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, we could go way back on this. I think uh, I remember when I was studying medical journalism back in 2003, 2004, and we were talking about how the talcum baby powder was causing cancer and how that was hidden, actually hidden. That lawsuit took years and years and years and years to finally go through and prove. And then I think that was just like four years ago, five years ago that that came to fruition. And then even uh, there was at one point, there was a company, I don't want to say the name because I don't want to be in trouble, but it's very nor- like a big, <laughs> big baby name. food brand. And they had metal shards in one of their monumentally massive batches of food. And uh, they decided that the lawsuits would be cheaper than pulling all the food. So they kept it out. Um, now, here's the thing. When, when you go into stuff as, as deep as it seems that we do, it feels so overwhelming and sometimes out of reach, particularly for somebody that may not be able to afford, you know, getting organic produce and things like that. Um, What's your suggestion? Yeah, it can be overwhelming where to start. But I always tell people like in my book, I talk about like every single little topic you need to think about. And then you slowly start you slowly start addressing your living situation. I mean, food is what we have to have to stay alive. Yeah. And that's not an area where you want to skimp on, okay? Um, and, I mean, you can eat pico de gallo and beans and rice pretty inexpensively, right? Yeah. Okay? Um, not that that's, like, perfect because there's not really any protein in that. Um, but, but you're going to pay a price um, and you want to, be mindful of the fruits and vegetables. Like if, so if it doesn't have a thick peel, then the pesticides go into the vegetable or fruit easy. Like so a berry is very porous, right? It needs to be organic. And it ha- you can eat berries that aren't organic, okay? Yeah. Because you're just it's just completely there's no good skin or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other kind of things, like if you look at a banana, has a thick peel, so you could probably not buy organic, all right? Mm-hmm. And in this day and time, it doesn't matter if you buy organic and real. I just think that we have to continually cleanse. Yeah. So you continually cleanse at home. You know, we give all of our patients a detox bath of Epsom salts, <clears throat> baking soda, and clay. Clay's been used for many, many years for purification, and um, then, I mean, I do have oral agents that I like to use, like my favorite is zeolite, um, because zeolite's been around and studied, used in industry to purify and cleanse water and disasters and everything. Um, and it helps remove metals from the body. Metals right? and all toxins, so yeah. anything. So 
anything that's bad in your system is positively charged. And so the zeolite is negatively charged and negative and positive attract one another. So it's got this beautiful, it's this beautiful, it looks like a honeycomb and it captures chemicals out of your body. I use it almost every day. Amazing. Yeah, no, I do have a sauna, infrared sauna in my home. I tell people infrared sauna is probably the single best investment you can make in your health. And if you don't have the sauna, then the, the, you know, the bath is the alternative, right? Yeah. And you can do skin brushing, for example, you know, skin brushing with a brush. That's I very, love dry brushing. Right. Yeah. It's very easy to do, you know, so you don't need to go necessarily anywhere. You, you just got to create your own little healing sanctuary at home. And in this day and time, we have to do that because the assaults are too big. Okay. Pollution, air pollution, water pollution, food pollution, every kind of pollution now permeates the world, and and it's not just in the United States. We're eight billion people, so the pollution from other countries comes here. Yeah, and so so today's world. I mean, all I hear about is pollution is like our number one problem. I mean, air pollution, you know, increasing risk of dementia. You know, we're talking about cancer, but all disease have foundational principles. Okay. Yeah. Right. They all have a lot of common features. So you've got to get address all the root causes of disease and the disorder that's going on in your system and then slowly start dealing with it. You know, meaning you're, you know, like I said, you're not going to re- rebuild your beautiful body in a month or two. Now, I have to say people make major progress in a month. Yeah. Okay? They really do. Um, the, I think if patients just start researching on health, you know, today the world, there's a lots of common, um, common things to do. All right. And, but you know, you got to start like what kind of much plastic do you have in your kitchen? Okay. I mean, that was something I got rid of, um, like 30 years ago. By the way, I actually had a pediatrician in LA, Dr. Katarai, um, from Holistic Kids, that part of his questionnaire was, do you drink from plastic water bottles? Right. I loved that. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> you know? Um, and he, the, every doctor should be asking that. We have our questionnaires. How much do you have your exposure to EMFs, chemicals, toxins, everything, mold? Like, for example, mold is, a, you know, a contributor to the storm of cancer. I'm not saying everybody has mold. But we have to look for it. So a lot we, of people in Texas do. Well, because of the moisture. Yeah. You know, I, I also think it's really important that we talk about circadian rhythms and melatonin mm-hmm. and how our body produces melatonin. Because I'm a personal believer in some light sun gazing, like bringing right. your eyes in the morning. Um, on Saturday mornings, I let my kids watch a little bit of TV because um, they don't typically. Right. And I say to them, There's no TV until like the first thing in the morning is your eyes have to greet the sun. You wake up and let your eyes greet the sun. And if you can let them greet the sunset. And that is so deeply healing, I think, to the physical body, but also the emotional body. Like so many things we can fold in. Like I had a friend tell me that, um, you know, speaking of dry brushing, she was saying, you know, a group of me and our girlfriends, we made this decision that every day we put on lotion for a whole week to 
to make it like a love session with ourselves. Like, I love you. And she's like, all the parts of your body, your body that you don't like have gratitude for, you're just putting on your lotion and you're saying, thank you Mm -hmm. for holding me. And you know that we can just wrap this into what we're already doing and help shift those mental and energetic patterns into gratitude. Not to to dismiss any feelings that we're really having. I think purging those and processing that is important, but to fold in that into what we're doing. Right. And we're always going to have curveballs and detours in life. It's just part of life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's life is a struggle. Yeah. Okay. But in the struggle, look at all the detail that you learn. Yeah. Okay. Look at the awakening and the enlightenment that you have. Yeah. Right. So just like you've had a personal struggle, I've had multiple personal struggles. And so, but it's made me a much better person on all levels. And we have to turn a negative seed into a positive seed. I don't know if you know Thich Nhat Hanh. Sounds so familiar. So he's a, he was that Vietnamese Buddhist. And, okay. and he died in the last couple of years at the age of 90-something. Oh, yes. Yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I love him. I mm. love him. And I remember years and years ago, I was driving to work listening to a cassette tape, so it was a long time ago. And he talked about how to turn negative seeds into positive seeds. And so anything that you're dealing with in life, you need to say, Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Whatever your personal preference is, is thank you, God, for the immediate resolution of whatever it is, okay? And so then, because because we know through the book, Your Body Keeps Score, that your body keeps score of every, every experience as an electromagnetic frequency. It's either favorable or unfavorable. And so we've got to learn how to turn these things into positive lessons, positive energy, positive influences in our life, because no one has the primrose path. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in the world that we're living in and and we just need to have that skill set. Right. And yes. And if you do it, like we teach our patients, I give all of the patients healing affirmations. So it's a full page of how to talk to themselves because most people aren't mindful of how they're speaking to themselves. And we have to declare victory on our our minds, bodies, and spirits, right? Mm. And so if we give that to the patient, I said, this is what you need to do three times a day. It doesn't take that long to do that. Put on Solveggio frequencies and do these affirmations. You're going to redirecting the direction of your cells. Mm. So, so... And these are things that are really easy to do, but we've got caught up in what the world is today. But we need to think, we really need to think is what is going to be favorable and and what is going to really heal our body. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God for a doctor that gives people affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> well, and all of the patients give, um, all of the patients go through um, something called Evox. So vox is the Latin word for voice. And so um, the patient puts their hand on a device that looks like a mouse with a hand on it. And they put headphones on. And then they start talking. And their brain is programmed on the computer. And it, it helps the, um, the practitioner 
to say, oh, this is what your what your body's telling me now. And so she'll work for them like maybe they don't deserve to be healed. Like not everybody deserves to thinks they deserve to be healed, for mm. example. Maybe people have abandonment issues or you know that'll show up in the reading. In the reading, yes. What is that machine called? called Evox. I talk Evox. about it in my book. Yes. I don't remember reading that. Yes. Anyway, so so Which part is that on? Because yeah, I need it's to go it, back. Well, we have a big part on the emotional. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, emotional side. So Evox is talked about in there. It's it's relatively new, even though I did it myself um the first time probably probably 13 years ago yeah. because I had, when I delivered my twins, I had a very unfavorable delivery mm. and I had, it caused a lot of PTSD. Oh yeah. And so I, I did Evox, but I've done Evox by several different practitioners because I think it's great to have different people do their magic. Yeah. And so, um, but it's like one of the, I mean, and the reason why I use Evox because therapy it's going to take a long time. Yeah. I need the patient to get well now and to be mindful of reprogramming right this second. So usually the patients only need about five sessions. Some patients may need 10, but we start out with you need five. And so patients rave about like, oh my God, I never knew this was affecting me this way. or But now that it's been brought up, I now completely see it was the most life-changing thing I've ever done. I mean, it's- I'm going to have to do that because I know I had, I've had five miscarriages. I had two back-to-back late-term miscarriages mm-hmm. and it was my first time, like a week after one of those, I felt absolute panic and it was hard to breathe. Mm. And yes. those are those traumatic experiences that in German New Medicine, we can track back to like their seeds to something. So I feel like Evox, from what you're saying, can be preventative care. Yes, it is. Prevent- yeah, you don't want to wait until something happened. And see, in our society today, the emotional part of being isn't addressed unless, okay, in addiction, it sort of is. Yeah. Okay. In, in like people who are, but... Typically, if someone is anxiety and depression, we go to an antidepressant. One in five people are on an antidepressant. Okay? Yeah. So, but we we could probably resolve a lot of things with just doing emotional Emotional unraveling. Yes. Can I tell you where I feel there's room for growth in the medical industry? I could probably tell you a few areas, I think. One of them that I would like to see an improvement, and some doctors do this, is informed consent. You brought up birth, and I think this 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 will go for everything. I mean, even cancer. Like, um, just letting the people know the potential ramifications of a treatment. Well, that's supposed to be the rule. Yeah. But I read in the last 48 hours that a doctor got in trouble because he gave informed consent. Wait, what? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and wow. S- yes. So um, so they're not, even though like you get a consent if you're going to have surgery, right? Yeah. You know, you're going to get, you know, you may bleed, you may get an infection, you may die, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes. 
So even with like chemo and radiation, yes, like there there are potentially lifelong, life threatening. Yes. And life-threatening, yes. or sometimes mm-hmm. the cancer could come back that differently, differently in yes, another becomes way. becomes resistant, right? Resistant. They don't talk about chemo-resistance. They don't though. talk about it. No, and so you're right. Patients need to be fully informed to make a decision. So yeah. I am very pro. Information. So, yeah, pro-information. Go. Don't take my word for it. Here are some resources. Go find your yeah. own resources to read. Okay. Yeah. Like for example, radiation. Yeah. Radiation is very serious treatment. Okay. It kills all the cells. It kills all the cells, not just cancer cells, yeah. but your cells. Okay. Yeah. And it's immunosuppressant. It's many, many different things. Yeah. Um, but they don't tell the patient all. And then like in our practice, if I have to have a patient yeah. who is going to do radiation, whether they do a PET CT or a CT or radiation itself, yeah, or proton beam radiation, I have them do all of them, do a protection protocol. What's the protection protocol? So the protection protocol is doing the baths. Okay. okay number one. Number two, I have them do SOD, superoxide dismutase. So superoxide dismutase is the natural garbage cleanup of the cell. Mm. So when it's under attack, though, with radiation and chemotherapy or exposure to toxins, that it's overwhelmed. So we have to give you something so the body can keep up with the cleansing and the detox of the cell. So it's called superoxide dismutase. It's something we learn in biochemistry, right? Yeah. And then I have them, like I have my patients, if they are going to do uh, radiation coffee enemas, all right? Yeah. Not all patients can do coffee enemas, but I do some kind of liver protection. Why? Because all of the die-off goes through the liver. So we want to protect the liver with castor oil packs, oral liver flushes, liver protection, some kind of liver protection. Well, can right? you explain to people what die-off is? Die-off is when you kill a whole bunch of cells, okay? Yeah. And so that could be done with IV ozone. It could be with natural substances. It could be done with chemotherapy, anything that's designed to kill what they call cytotoxic therapies, cell-killing therapies. And so the every the liver has to process, liver yeah. and all your organs have to process all this. So we want to be in a proactive state so that we can handle that, how they feel. You know, just like when people get chemotherapy, see how much they don't feel good for, for days. Yeah. So the other thing I do is when patients receive radiation, because oxygen increases the efficacy of radiation by 50%. Oh, so wow. All of our patients either get IV ozone or hyperbaric oxygen therapies. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, and then obviously it's the right eating. You know, we need to eat like our ancestors ate. We need to eat like, ancestrally. We need to get off all the processed packaged foods. It's loaded with chemicals, bad oils, denatured food. So we need to eat real food. I won't even, like oils are almost never used in my house anymore. Mm -hmm. There's such a monumental difference. Can you talk about, um, thank you, because I think but if somebody is choosing chemo and radiation, just knowing those side effects and like being supported to help the body support itself is going to be essential 
and um, it's essential. It's essential. I've even heard that like, isn't mistletoe helpful when you get chemo? Right. Is that the combination? Yes. Yeah. So mistletoe has been used for over a hundred years, and it's been phenomenal for many disease processes. Okay, but for cancer, sometimes I do it intravenously. Yeah. And to start, and then I will use it subcutaneously, which is an, an injection underneath yeah. the skin. And so that helps in cancer cell death caused apoptosis, all right? It can help with the immune system. It can help with your sense of well-being and how well you feel. Like a lot yeah. of my patients go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better since I'm yeah. on mistletoe. So it really is an amazing adjunct. You you can, with chemo and radiations, it's an adjunctive, helpful, supportive therapy. Have you found... Um have you found mistletoe working on its own? Or do you find it more to be just, just like a supportive therapy? Either or. Either mm-hmm. or. Yeah, how, I use it both ways. How about B17? That's the apricot seeds. Right, so B17 is a very old um, substance that was used by Oasis of Hope. And it worked great for cancer patients 30 and 40 years ago. It is beneficial today, but not as a standalone treatment like it was 40 years ago. When things were less toxic? Yeah, it was less toxic, mm. less less problematic than the world is today. Yeah. I mean, all of us today are exposed to you know, thousands of different inputs, all right? Uh, you know, from when you, when you think about it, electromagnetic fields, the air, the water, the food, I mean, it's it's tremendous, right? And so Today, it's it's just a whole different world. But on the RGCC test, B17 comes up. Okay. So when you do the RGCC test, which is- That's the one in one Greece. Greece mm-hmm. right? They're Greece and Switzerland is where their headquarters are. And in circulating tumor cells, that's one of the agents they check. Okay. Is B17. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Right. And so only natural substances, for the most part- kill circulating tumor cells. There are two drugs that kill circulating tumor cells, doxycycline, which is a very old antibiotic, and naltrexone. Naltrexone is a stimulator of uh, the opiate receptor sites, and it's very beautiful um, medicine at very low dosages to help the immune system mm. and fight cancer. Mm. So it's it's a great, you know, very great thing, you know, even though it is a medication. But see, that's the beautiful thing is knowing how to marry the conventional with the natural and really cover every base. Mm. And so, you know, a hundred years ago, all doctors used natural substances. Yeah. So it it was accomplished a long time ago. So we need to bring all that back. Now we have so many Studies now, there's 1.5 million PubMed studies per year. Wow. 1.5 million. Yeah, per year. So the information's out there. Plus, we can't just use the United States model. model. We need to look, what are they doing in Japan? Like in Japan, every patient gets natural with conventional. All right? They have the longest living lifespan in the world. We need to look at India. India's, you know, they, they have great scientific studies, all right? 
China has great scientific studies. All the countries have benefit, all right? So we need to be looking. That's why I never just limit what I know. I always converse with all these other doctors in the world. You know, one of my friends is from Germany and Europe. You know, a lot of the doctors pr practice integrative, combining the both of conventional and integrative. In fact, one of my mentors ran a clinic called Clinique St. George in Bad Eibling, uh, Germany. And I went there to learn hyperthermia. Hyperthermia is elevating a body part or the whole body with heat because the human body has three heat shock proteins, 27, 72, and 90. Heat shock proteins kill viruses and cancer. So if you elevate the body, that's why sauna is so good, is to elevate it 170 degrees for 20 minutes. The hyperthermia units, you know, work a little bit differently, but it's still elevating the body uh, temperature. Wow. And so... 170 degrees for 30 minutes. 20. Or Sorry, for 20 minutes. So right. you probably need a doctor when you do that, yeah? No, no. no. My, my son is 170 degrees. Wow. And I go in there. For I've always put mine at like 150 and felt that was a lot. Well, all the studies are Say 170 degrees, 20, 20 minutes. Thank right. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, a big, important piece yeah. of information. So, but even if you do 150, I'm sure you're getting benefit. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and, and I always say that if sauna is one of the best things, you know. How often do you recommend that each week? Well, the, I would say three because if I said six, you know, the average person couldn't do six, but people can do three. Yeah. They can do it right before they go to bed. Um, they could do it first thing in the morning, right? I mean, 20 minutes for your health, yeah. right? And how do how do the adrenals hand, handle the sauna? Are that they are, are they okay. okay with it? Oh yeah, the sickest patients have gone in sauna and done well. And they're they're good, right? So yeah, so sauna it's 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 think about it. It's energy. It's a pretty ancient gift, right? That we have too. exactly. Just so, living in Texas sometimes feels <laughs> well. That's true because if you naturally sweat, that's yeah. still good. Okay, sweating is very very good. It's not quite the level of a sauna, but it's still very good to sweat. Yeah. Excellent. That's how your body is cleansing, is by sweating. So I feel like I could talk to you all day. I think what's really important to begin closing with, though, is that this is an astounding statistic, one in two people. And if you're thinking about it, and you're talking about the potential increase and we're talking about even German new medicine where a trauma can activate that. Um, even just being in the life of somebody that's experiencing a traumatic event can affect you as well. That's correct. And so our emotional and spiritual well-being and time and deep breaths, and we can do that in a sauna, um, sharing our saunas if we have a sauna. That's right. <laughs> with friends and family. And if you have any of that biohacking equipment, you know, just call over your people and share it. And um, to really read this book, because there is a plethora of early detection options that, you know, you go into great detail in here. And I think it's incredible. And blood tests and things that you can ask your doctor to do for you. Right. Well, one of my mentors um, 
His name was Bill Curry. So years ago, one of the most frequented conferences was was the anti-aging conference, right? Yeah. And so they always hold it in Las Vegas every December in California. In, in Las, on, they, they hold it in Florida and in uh, Las Vegas. So I was going, this was years ago, 25 years ago. And um, I met this gentleman and he was a sarcoma survivor. So sarcoma is a Oof. tumor of lung and yes, a bone and muscle. Very, not a good cancer, right? Very aggressive. Very aggressive. And chemo and radiation doesn't work. Yeah. It's surgery. So he was 22 years at the time of his diagnosis. And they said, okay, we need to amputate because that's what they do is they remove it. Okay. Cause that's really what works. And this was long time ago. In fact, I'm going to do a whole story on this in the future. And so, cause he was probably one of the most impactful in, you know, inter, uh, direct, you know, people that influence my life, mentors in my life. And um, so he's telling me his whole life story. And he was diagnosed. He signed out AMA and he spent the next 11 years on a discovery odyssey to figure out how to save his leg and cure himself of cancer. So he's 50 at the time that I meet him. Yeah. And he tells me his story. And so I go, I need to learn everything this guy knows. So he traveled the world. And he met this Dr. Wing, which is who um, my his son is going to be visiting in China. And Dr. Wing talked to how, how he has these herbs that are anti-cancer, been used for hundreds of years. And so Bill Curry figured um, through acupuncture point testing. So there's something called electro electroacupuncture, according to Vol, Vol, Dr. Vol, V-O-L-L, was a physicist and a medical doctor. And he would teach the courses on the acupuncture points. And every acupuncture point is like a wire or a string of pearls to an organ or gland. So you can look at the energy of all the organs and the interference of those organs. And then he developed what we call the cancer timeline. And his dream was to set up prevention cancer clinics all over America that you could go in and get this test because it's very quick, fast, and inexpensive to do. So we've been doing that for 24 or five years. And in the beginning, when I was a doctor, I was like, wow, this is kind of, you know, this energy stuff is kind of woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> but then I started, I'm like, I know nothing of this. I need to go research this. I need to go study it. I need to like devour the information here. And now we know that energy is everything, right? Yeah. Everything is energy. Our water has energy. Everything you eat mm -hmm. has energy, right? When you hug someone, there was an energy exchange, right? Mm. So everything is energy. I mean, look at the EKG. The EKG is electrical energy of the heart. Yeah. An EEG is an electrical energy of the brain, right? So everything, I mean, how do you think your blood flows? Do you have a motor inside? No, you have your heart, but how does it get down to your feet? Because it has a natural force, all right? And we have something called the zeta potential in our body, 
which is how the fluids in our bodies are are functioning with the membrane. And so we have this energy, they call qi in Chinese medicine, right? Yeah. And so the medical profession, you know, there are doctors that know about it, but then the other doctors, they don't know, they don't understand. They don't need, like pulsed electromagnetic field. There's a thousand PubMed studies on it. Yeah. And so it is energy. And so we utilize that in our practice to figure out because we now people are becoming so aware because it's one degree of separation, right? You know, everyone knows someone with cancer. Everybody. And then everyone knows their experience. Yeah. And that's why a lot of patients are scared because like they saw their brother, sister, mother, father, uncle, someone, you know, go through a tragic experience because Mm -hmm. we are not creating this beautiful collateral support. If we have to do surgery, chemo, radiation, what are we doing to beautifully support and protect the body? It's a big, good question. Yeah. Like even if you take antibiotics, yeah. like sometimes a patient needs antibiotics. Yeah. If they have cellulitis or Marissa, I've got to give them antibiotics. Well, we know that every drug damages the mitochondria, right? The mitochondria are the powerhouse engines of every cell in our body. Mm-hmm. So we should say, look, you should probably take proper nutrition and proper supplements. Then more importantly, what does the antibiotic do? It kills the microbiome. So we should be telling patients the opposite time you take your antibiotic, take probiotics, eat kefir, eat sauerkraut, eat natural sources of good, you know, microbiome, you know, yogurt. Yeah. Some yogurts have them. Not all the yogurts have them. Most yogurts are crap. Yeah, most yogurts <laughs> are crap. I have a girlfriend that looks at the culture of all, you know, these things that you buy at the store. Yeah. So most you, yogurts also have emulsifiers sure. and things yes, in them that chemicals, also yes. work like antibiotics to destroy your your microbiome as well. Right. Yeah. So we have to think about that everything that we do, what is it, like you said, the informed consent to the patient, because what does doctor mean? Yeah. To teach. So we need to be teaching our patients how to take care of them. You're you would be more successful if you got confirmation that you're healthy and what you need to do at home. Yeah. Because it's really the day in, day out pattern that you have developed for yourself on how yes. to live. That's really what it's all about. It's not that one thing that you do. A marathon runner doesn't become a marathon runner running once a week. He or she needs to run every day. That's right. And there's no finish line to health. It's an ongoing process. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's a way choice. of living. It's a way of living. I do want to share... Um, like a really powerful story because I'm so big on healing the mind and the Mm -hmm. spirit Mm -hmm. and uncovering whatever emotional patterns you have, informed consent. These are like some of my pillars. Um, There's this beautiful story about this woman, Anita. I'd love to have her on at some point as well. You would probably have fun meeting her. She um, went into a coma with stage four cancer 
which quickly elevated to stage four cancer after she was told that, you know, how much time she'd have to live. There right. was, re- there was a physical body response where, oh, okay, well let my cells meet the expectation, you know? And she went into a coma and her family thought that she was going to pass within a few hours. And instead she healed herself in the coma because she changed her identity completely of who she was in the coma. Mm-hmm. She has a, an incredible story that you I can find that. on and Anita. Like if you look up YouTube, Anita near death experience. Oh. And when she came out, she couldn't live the same way because she didn't even have the same thoughts and she didn't even have the same feelings. Like she internally changed. And within a period of three weeks, they sat her down. There was no chemo or radiation or anything. Actually, no treatments. They, no, tre- no treatments and that I know of. I, she didn't express that. And um, they said to her brother, they said to her and her brother was in the room, we have a problem. We can't find the cancer. And her brother's like, why is that a problem? Because if we can't find it, we can't treat it. It went away. Now, years later, she's traveling the world. To tell her story. To tell her story. And that was part of what she was shown in the coma, is that her work isn't done here. Right. Shall she choose to live, she'll go around speaking about this experience. Right. How beautiful. Isn't it? I love it. And it also folds into so much of what we've talked about. Like, you have to live your everyday differently. Mm-hmm. You just have to make different decisions. And and so thank you for this reflection. This is an incredible guidebook and a really beautiful, I mean, for everybody, whether or not you have cancer, hey. you, the chances are up there right now for everybody to just get the book and practice early detection, early screening. Um, you know, that's part of, self-care right it is and we just need to create more and more an extreme awareness yes so thank you so much um lee has an instagram page Mm -hmm. what's that keneally md keneally md and her book the cancer revolution a groundbreaking program to reverse and prevent cancer and thank you so much for coming my privilege yeah it's great to have a doctor that talks about all these things (laughs) thank Thank you. you thank you yeah